Voter fraud has been a hot button issue lately, but can it really make a difference? Local elections is going to be more likely to be successful because you don't have to change that many votes. Um, the bigger the electoral arena, the harder it is for vote fraud to make a difference. But how widespread is it? We, in some respects, don't know how much vote fraud there is. We don't know about the people who aren't caught. The analogy I like to make is, do you think the only people who are speeding on the interstate are those who got caught, given a ticket, and paid it or got convicted? I think most of us are aware that a lot more speeding goes on than that. Is there anything we can do to stop it? I think if you punish people for it, it might send a signal to the broader electorate that A, the government cares about this issue, and B, those who are likely to want to engage in vote fraud might be a little bit more hesitant about it if they see one of their Confederates um, paying a hefty fine or actually doing time in the pokey. I'm Rich Clindworth, and we're taking a look at voter fraud in Season 2, Episode 7 of Talk Like a Pirate. We're joined by Dr. Brad Lockerbie, who is a professor of political science here at ECU and has been a member of the political forecasting community for the past 20 plus years. He has accurately forecast presidential elections since 2000. However, he's had one miss and it appears to be this most recent election. He has also worked with various states on issues related to voter fraud. Dr. Lockerbie, thanks for joining us. Glad to be here with you. So what was it that hurt your prognostication of this year's presidential election? Well, probably the same thing that hurt a lot of hurt President Trump, COVID. Um, my model of forecasting looks at people's economic pessimism, and our levels of economic pessimism, despite COVID, were not terribly high. But I believe COVID was a negative um, for President Trump, and also just the fact that he tends to go off on occasion where people don't want him to go. Well, let's talk voter fraud. That's been something that has been all over the news, social media. I know this is probably redundant, but what is voter fraud? Voter fraud can take many forms. Probably the one that most of your listeners are going to be familiar with was the absentee ballot fraud down in the 9th Congressional District a couple of years ago, where the election was called off, or basically they called it do-over on it because so many ballots had been submitted fraudulently um, that they thought it might have tainted the outcome. Um, but ballot or voting fraud can be showing up and claiming you're somebody else or sending in a ballot claiming you're somebody else or taking somebody's absentee ballot, either throwing it away or changing it. Those would be among the many ways that one could engage in voter fraud. In your experience, I know you just mentioned one case of voter fraud. How prevalent is it? Is it enough to change the outcome of big elections? Probably not, but we do know, for example, like I said, the 9th Congressional District here in North Carolina, and we see incidents of it occurring across the nation um, where people have doctored absentee ballots. Um, there are several people who have reported this past year that they showed up to vote and they were registered as having already voted. So somebody apparently either got their ballot absentee, voted it, and that person actually showed up, or somebody's making a mistake as to whether they voted or not. And there are reports of some dead people voting, which um, we heard more of back in the 1940s with Lyndon Johnson getting his Senate bid, where people who happened to be, I believe, dead voted in alphabetical order. But I guess you can do that in the cemetery. <laughs> so uh, that, that was actually going to be my next question. You always hear the rumors of dead people voting. How realistic are those claims typically? Um, 
typically there are problems with a lot of those claims in that um, what might have happened in some instances is, is that, say, Frank Johnson Jr. goes to vote, but they inadvertently mark off or mistakenly mark off Frank Johnson Sr., who might have passed away. So it would look like Sr. voted after his demise, but it was Jr. who showed up and voted, and he's very much alive. Uh, that said, um, there are instances where people have voted after death, um, and we see that that whether it's enough to change an outcome of an election is a separate issue, but it does happen. Yeah, that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, when you hear about voter fraud and how widespread it is, when whenever you're looking at it, if it is widespread or not, how often does it play into the outcome of the election? Or does it depend on what the position is, like, say, a local election compared to a federal election? Um, local elections is going to be more likely to be successful because you don't have to change that many votes. Um, the bigger the electoral arena, the harder it is for vote fraud to make a difference. Um, that being said, we, in some respects, don't know how much vote fraud there is. Um, people will assert, well, here's how few convictions have been um, garnered because of vote fraud. But we don't know about the people who aren't caught. Um, the analogy I like to make is, do you think the only people who are speeding on the interstate are those who got caught, given a ticket, and paid it or got convicted? Um, I think most of us are aware that a lot more speeding goes on than that. But if we only count those who were caught, it looks like most of us are very law-abiding drivers. And I hesitate to say that as the—I would hesitate to assert that as the truth. Is it hard to prove voter fraud? It's definitely very hard to prove it because you got to legally prove that it was done intentionally. Um, and done with the idea of changing the outcome of the election. Also, you have to have the interest in pursuing it. And if election isn't close, nobody's going to pursue it all that closely. Um, imagine that Donald Trump goes into court in Pennsylvania and says, it looks like these 3,000 votes are illegally cast. And that's all they can come up with. Well, that's not enough to change the outcome of the election. Um, so the courts might not consider it all that seriously, or a prosecutor trying to convict somebody of a criminal charge of vote fraud isn't likely to have that case brought before them because it's not going to change the outcome of the election. Um, so hard to prove. And then also you've got to get somebody with an interest in pursuing it. Is it easy to get away with voter fraud? Um, you definitely are taking a risk if you engage in it, especially if you do in-person voter fraud. If you show up and claim to be somebody else at the polls, um, you might get caught very easily. But that being said, um, the Carter-Baker Commission from about 15 years ago argued that the place where voter fraud is most likely to be prevalent, we need to be on the lookout for it, is with regard to absentee ballots. Um, are they legit or not? Some states engaged in all-mail elections and actually sent ballots to every registered person within their state. But the problem is that some of those people may well have died and somebody else cast their vote, or these people might have moved out of state and they get their ballot forwarded to them, perhaps. And if they want to fill it out and send it in, they can probably get away with casting an illegal ballot in their former home state. Um, I know years ago when I resided in Georgia, I got voter registration cards, not ballots. They didn't send out the ballots, but voter registration cards for four people at my house. I was the only one living there at the time. So theoretically, I could have gone and voted for some other people using their names, knowing they wouldn't have shown up. I want to get to the absentee voting in a minute, but 
what kind of, I guess, safeguards are there for voter fraud, especially when you're talking about these ballots being mailed to people or like in your case where there were four sent to the home with only one registered voter? Or at least four voter registration cards sent to my home. Um, the ways that states try to minimize vote fraud include requiring a signature on the outer envelope so that they can theoretically match it up with the one on the voter registration rolls. Two, they some states such as North Carolina require a witness signature on the ballot. Um, North Carolina reduced it from two witness signatures to one witness signature. This time there was still litigation over that. It ultimately got settled where the um, witness signature requirement remained. Um, some states require that you put down the last four digits of your social security number or your driver's license number or something along those lines to identify yourself. And those are ways that states try to mitigate the amount of vote fraud that goes on. And then in-person voting, you, of course, have voter ID laws that some states have, and we're in the midst of litigation over ours. What's the difference between absentee voting and mail-in voting? Um, absentee voting typically means that you had to request your ballot and have it sent to you, whereas mail-in voting is everybody gets sent a ballot and they can cast it in, such as I believe the state of Oregon has an all-mail um, election. So everybody gets sent a ballot and you can return it by a postal carrier or through a drop box, I believe. This year, I've heard a lot more about mail-in voting, I mean, even before the election started, about the the talks about fraud. Has this always been the case, or were the waters muddied early in this process? And I think there have I... always been concerns about voter fraud via absentee slash mail-in ballots. And one of the problems of giving a strict definition there is so many people use the terms as synonyms. Um, but... There's been that concern there for decades, at least, as I um, think I mentioned, the Carter-Baker Commission came out shortly after the 2000 election trying to propose some changes and reforms to the electoral system, and they were noting that voter fraud was most likely to occur with absentee-slash-mail-in ballots, and it's been an issue of concern for decades with um, – well, what happened in North Carolina was illegal. It was ballot harvesting where people went by and collected the ballots of others to turn them in. Um, that was what caught, um, I believe it was McDowellis in North Carolina. But some states don't have a prohibition on that. So if you see 100 ballots come in for, delivered by one person, there's nothing illegal about it in, say, California. Here, you're only allowed to take ballots in for, I think, immediate family members, and that's about it. I'm sure this is something that has been de debated for decades, maybe even centuries. Should there be federal red regulations like a standard whenever it comes to voting? Um, I think that would be a troubling way of getting around the problem because we have a state-based system for elections. And once you say this aspect of the election has to be nationalized, whether it be absentee voting, mail-in voting, or specific requirements on voting, you're treading on the rights of states as outlined in the Constitution to set up their own procedures. So I think each state has a responsibility to draw up reasonable procedures for their state. Um, Oregon has had mail-in voting. It took them a while to get it going properly, but they've got, they appear to have it um, running pretty efficiently. My concern was more the number of states that were thrust into large numbers of mail-in votes um, with the advent of COVID. 
Can the average American prevent voter fraud? I think it requires more than an average citizen to do it. I think that one of the ways you do it is by actually showing up and voting. That way, if somebody's tried to use your name to vote, um, they can see that two people are trying to vote for the same person, and that will cause some eyes to be um, looking at that issue. Um, I think you just simply have to make certain that you get registered where you live and make you can check if you want to to see if your name is taken off the rolls where you used to live. Um, I, for example, did that when I moved here to um, Morrisville. Um, I made I just checked to see if my name had been taken off the rolls where I used to live, um, probably because I'm just a political science geek and I'm interested in these things. How confident should we Americans be with our voting process? I think we should be reasonably confident um, that most of the people doing the counting are doing a good job. I think it's just that we get concerned when elections are at the margin, that they're very close elections. Then we want to pay special attention. Um, you'll note that nobody's calling for a recount or a or is challenging the reelection of Governor Cooper um, because of vote fraud because it wasn't a close election. It's only when things get close to the very partisans get very concerned. But we saw Democrats complaining back. I still remember in 2004 and 2000, Democrats arguing that the voting machines were made by a company that had given money to George W. Bush at some point in his life. Um, I don't think there was vote fraud then. I don't think if there was, it wasn't substantial. It wasn't that the machines were um, tweaked to give Bush the victory. Um, It was simply that it was a close election. Where do we go from here then? looking out four years to the next presidential election? Well, hopefully all this COVID stuff will be largely behind us. Um, If the reports from Pfizer are accurate, we won't have that pandemic to worry about. Um, And I think most people will go back to their old standard of showing up to vote in place, um, whether it be early voting or on election day voting. Um, I think one of the concerns with early voting and massive absentee voting is that people are unfamiliar with the process and it's difficult to keep track of how votes have been ca- or whether votes have been cast legitimately. Um, my general inclination is for election day voting because I think of it as a civic ritual where we gather as a community and vote. Um, if we spread voting out over, well, like we did here in North Carolina, some people cast ballots well before some of the controversies came out. In many respects, it's not the same election for somebody who cast their ballot back in early October as it was for somebody who cast their ballot on Election Day. Ask Cal Cunningham about that because the scandal with regard to him came out in the middle of all this. And you might have answered this, but I just want to be sure. Um, What is the best way to vote, in your opinion, that takes away the opportunity for voter fraud? The best way to vote... uh, take away that opportunity is to actually show up in person, because if you show up in person and vote, your name's kicked off the list of people who voted, and if somebody else has already voted for you by absentee, that's the point where they can catch it and stop that um, illegal vote from being counted, if you show up to vote in person. Any final thoughts on the state of voter fraud with what's going on right now in our country? I don't think there's going to be enough found to overturn the results of the election. I think there will be incidents of it found, and when people do it, they ought to be punished to the full extent of the law because those who engage in vote fraud um, are devaluing the votes of those of us who are casting them honestly. And I think if you punish people for it, it might send a signal to the broader electorate that A, the government cares about this issue, and B, those who are likely to 
want to engage in vote fraud might be a little bit more hesitant about it if they see one of their Confederates um, paying a hefty fine or actually doing time in the pokey. Dr. Brad Lockerbie, thank you so much for joining us. Glad to be here with you, Rich. Well, that's it for Season 2, Episode 7 of Talk Like a Pirate. We hope this episode was informative and answered any questions that you might have had surrounding voter fraud. Thank you so much for listening. We always appreciate it. Until the next time, please stay safe and healthy. And don't forget, always be yourself, unless you can be a pirate. Then always be a pirate.